We are glad that we are here in your own different places to worship the Lord. And in this place, there's few of us who are worshiping together, especially our streaming team. So thank you, streaming team. Thank you, ushering team, for just being here sa lugar, helping the church to continue on uh, sharing the gospel. So palakpakan natin. Those who are in, in YouTube and Facebook, do uh, clap. Uh, give them um, an encouragement. Salamat sa inyo for faithfully coming to the church and serve in this capacity. You know, in the past week, our team had been rebuilding our families. And we have started it by defining what is a family. I, I mentioned, starting of this, this month of June, we define it as a single person or two individuals or in cases of extended families or group of individuals raising a child or children living together as one unit. They can also be a married couple without a child. We have learned that families is God's plan, that it is Him who instituted marriage and family. However, we all know when sin came into the picture, it destroys the per God's perfect design. But we have hope. Even though sin may have distorted the beauty of God's original plan for the family, but He will powerfully, faithfully, and graciously rebuild it. We thank God for His faithfulness. In the following week, we have Pastor Ray shared an encouraging message that despite of us having a messy family, there is hope. There is hope, grace, and pardon, and love for messy families, and it can be found in Jesus Christ. Then on last Sunday, we have Brother Bong shared a very practical insight on how to engage our families. He encouraged us and reminded us as parents or even as, as guardians that parents need to be proactive in developing the right principles in their children. So, nagbibuild po tayo ng ating topic, rebuilding our families. And as we bring to a close our theme, I was challenged by the quote that Brother Bong shared last Sunday, a quote that Charles Swindle said. He said here, It's never too late to start doing what's right. Kung merong katabi, sabi mo sa kanya yan, It's never too late to start doing what's right. Pag ikaw lang mag-isa, sabi mo sa sarili mo, it's never too late to start doing what's right. You know, this captured my attention. And as I pondered this, this quote, there's another question that come, came into my mind in probably some of us. The question is this. How can I start? How should I begin? Or probably, why am I not doing anything. You see, last week we have learned the biblical principles of leading our home. We even have seminars of functioning family. Those are good. Yet in reality, only a handful of us are applying them in our life. What we have learned, ang gaganda. Pero question, how many of us applied it in our lives? Wala ditong tumaasa sa church. In reality, we know it's right, but yet we are not doing it. And it reminded me. It also reminded me that we have a God that has a power to rebuild lives and marriages and families. And also we have the Word of God and His Spirit to guide us, empower us, to accomplish the work He needed to do. But the question is this, why are we not Pursuing the call of rebuilding our families. Why is there a lack of convic conviction to rebuild our home? Bakit parang passive, hindi excited, walang... Uh. You know, let, let me suggest what we need today. And let it be a challenge for all of us. For us to begin, we need to begin right. We need to take a stand and make a humble 
covenant with God. Covenant's promise. A pledge before the Lord. We need to come to, the, to our wife, to our, to our husband, to our children. To take rebuilding our family seriously. We need to make sincere promise. That we will actively rebuild our families in the power, in the help of our living God. Because if we don't take this seriously, if there is no conviction in our heart that we have been preaching and teaching the past weeks, you know what will happen? What we have learned will just be idea and concept. Or our team for this month, rebuilding our family, will just something we will forget next month or next week. Therefore, I've entitled this sermon, Renewing Our Covenant. And we'll be reading from Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1 to 7. And let me read to you. You can join me as I read and I flash it on the screen. Verse 1, Now this is the commandment, the statute and the rules that the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you that you may do them in the land in which you are going over to possess it. That you may fear the Lord your God, you and your son and your son's sons, by keeping all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be long. Hear therefore is O Israel, be careful to do them, that it may be well with you, that you may multiply greatly as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in the land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And this word I have commanded you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk to them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the ways, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You should bind them as a sign of your hands, and they shall be at faultless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Let us pray. Lord, kami po ay lumalapit sa inyo. Knowing that rebuilding our families can never be done by our own strength, but is only by your Spirit, by your work in our lives, as you change our priority, as we capture your heart. Lord, as we look into your Word, help us. Turuan niyo po kami so that we can lead our homes to a closer walk with you. But at the same time, Lord, I pray that there will be restoration of relationship. That we, your people, will be an extension of love and forgiveness. I pray, Lord, that there will be restoration. There will be rebuilding of families today. As we come humbly to you, renewing our covenant. Remembering your promise and responding by offering our life as an act of worship. Salamat Panginoon as we look into your words. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, before the nation of Israel would enter the promised land, Moses was summarizing the history, the laws, the promises, and the work of God into the next generation. We learned that in Exodus, how many years did they spend in the wilderness? 40 years. And ngayon, mga bagong generation na ito. So now, before the promised land is here, malapit na, so may bagong generation na Israelites. So what did Moses do? He gathered them. Kaya pag binasa mo ang Deuteronomy, parang repeat ng the previous books. It's a repeat, it's a reminder, it's a summary of the history, the laws, the promises, and the works of God on anong ginawa ng Panginoon sa buhay nila. So he's preparing them bago sila pumasok sa promised land. Ang maganda ang promised land. Filled with what? Milk and honey. Social. 
You see, Moses was telling them about God and what he did. Let me summarize. He was telling them that it's God who rescued you from Egypt. He's the one who, who defeated Pharaoh. Wala kayong ginawa, but it was God. It was God who broke the Red Sea. What did you do? You just have to follow and obey. It was God who helped you and protected you. When you are going around and there's other nation who was trying to attack you or bring harm to you, it was God. It was God's presence. His cloud by day and the fire of pillar by night. It was the Lord who's been with you. It was God who provided the food that you eat, the manna and the quail and the water. It was God. Ayan yung first time, ito yung unang grab. Food panda. It was God who brought the food to you while you're moving around. Look at the last part of Deuteronomy. He said, even your shoe never grew. Hindi nasisira. Ano kayang brand yun? God's brand. It was God. And even God said, you will enter the promised land. And it will be beautiful. I will protect you there when you enter. There will be enemies there, but I will protect you. You see, God has done all this thing, and this is what God wants you to do. And Moses laid down their, their appropriate response to God's grace, mercy, faithfulness. And it's clearly stated in verse 6, it says here, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Verse 5, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. I've done this. Ito ang gawin mo. I've given you this. Ito lang ang gagawin mo. See, the command to love and to obey God was not mentioned once was not mentioned twice, but it was repeated many times in the book of Deuteronomy. Why, why is that so? Because it's a warning, it's a reminder to them. Because God knew once they enter the promised land, they, be, they can begin to become ungrateful and forgetful. In verse 12, it says here, Then take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Ungrateful. Forgetful. Hindi mo man remember na lahat nito ay galing sa akin? God knew that they can also, that they are, can easily be enticed to pursue the gods of the land. Verse 14, You shall not go after gods, the gods of the peoples who are around you. You know, as we look at this picture, it's a, it's a reminder to them. But we all know that as we read on, the people of Israel failed to be loyal and faithful to God. They became ungrateful and they pursued the gods of the other nation. Now, ponder this. And it made me ponder. You see, God already provided everything. You see, God already made them prosperous. They would just go there and conquer and just faithfully do His command. God already protected them from their enemies. It made me wonder, even God have already placed them in a place with so much blessing, then why do they seek other gods? Hindi ko magets pa naisip nyo, parang binigay na nga lahat, bakit yung parang inaghanap sa iba? Nasa yun ang alahat eh. You know, this simply shows us that man can easily become proud. Man can be forgetful that everything he has comes from God. It reminds us that man has uncontrolled desires. That man is always dissatisfied and discontent. They are discontent even with the blessing that the Lord has given them. That man can easily lose their focus and attention, easily attract with what they see from the world. 
that man tries to find satisfaction in joy apart from God. You know, even today, we still commit the same mistake. In a subtle way, we form our personal and hidden idols in our hearts. That's why we must take heed to the words in verse 5 and 6, that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And these words I command you today shall be on your heart. You know, when I talk about love the Lord with all your heart, soul, and mind, it means to love with the whole being, not just part of us. Not just a percentage of us. It means to love and worship and serve with the whole self. You know, if you take time to ask ourselves, do we really love the Lord with our whole being? Ang hirap sagutin kung honest ka sa Panginoon. We would say that we love God just part. Pag nag-serve lang sa Sunday. Because we categorize our life. You know, it's always good to examine our hearts. Because if you look through the scripture, when the Lord wants to rebuild, when the Lord wants to rebuild, the first thing He would do is to deal with the hearts of their people. Look in the scripture. If the Lord wants to rebuild something, the first thing that He will do is to deal with the hearts and the condition of the hearts of His people. And if we desire to rebuild our homes and our families, then we need to return to our first love and to be devoted to Him. So our first point is this. We need to return to God. And this is the first D. Devote. Devote. First D. Devote. The core issue of a person, maybe the husband, the wife, the children, is not just behavioral, but it's a matter of the heart. If our hearts and mind are not fully surrendered to the Lord, if our will is not aligned to His will, then you know what will happen? We will have no desire to rebuild our families in our marriages. We will have no desire because we are not aligned and not surrendered to His will. That's one. If our hearts and mind are not fully surrendered to the Lord and not aligned to His will, the other aspect is this. Our motive and desires of rebuilding our family may be driven by our selfish agenda and motive. So two ways. If our hearts not surrender, either we have apathy, bahala na sila dyan. Pinapakain ko na nga sila. Or, ang attitude mo, kukuntulin mo sila. Because meron kang ibang motibo. Let me give you an example. Some parents want to attain a perfect family. Dapat perfect. So ang ginagawa nila, they will play strict and unreasonable rules to manage and control their children's behavior. But yet, they fail to address the issues of the heart. You see, Paul Tripp said in his book, he says here, there is a danger that we reduce our parenting to trying to control their behavior rather than working every day to, a, to be a tool of a change in God's hands. Instead of realigning them, helping them see who they are in the Lord, helping them to live a lifestyle of worship, what we do is just bombard them with strict rules. What happened? I'm not saying that we shouldn't put rules, but we need to address the core issue, the matter of the heart. What happened if we just bombarded with rules, not addressing the condition of the heart, we will put them in a life that is their life is based in performance. There's a danger with that. Unknowingly, we impress to our children, to our, to our family, that Christianity is religiosity. It's a life of legalism. 
but not a life of relationship with the Lord. You know, I learned this. We can be very strict to our children when he was 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, titigas na ulo. 14, 15, 17, mali ang 18 nagdibu. Pag wala na yung rules, tinga mo. He was just, he's just obeying you because of the rules. But he don't know why he's obeying. You know, the best is not, not it's just to put rules, but at the same time, address the condition of the heart. And to address the condition of a heart, you need time and patience and love and mercy and grace. A lot of prayer. Because only God can change the heart of man. Another example that we need to look at. You know, some of us are here. We really work hard because we want good. We, we, have, we pursue good dreams. We desire to have a good house here. And some of you have a beautiful house sa Pilipinas. Kaya ina-upload sa Facebook. Some of you work so hard to have a beautiful family. Some of us work so hard so that we can give the best future for our children. Those are good. There's nothing wrong with those things. Those are noble. But the question we should ask is, that, is our desire, is our seeking for the good things in our lives be a competition of our ultimate goal as God's people to please and honor and glorify God. You know, I was reading an article from Focus to the Family. It says here, the face of modern life makes it more challenging to raise a family without giving in the culture's pets idolatries. See, when we, in this article, it says, there's areas that we have built in our lives that become idolatries. We pursue convenience. We pursue consumerism. We pursue instant gratification in our lives, in our family. You know, when we value the things of the world and not the values of the things of God, our goal and want has become our focus. And these things can be an idol in our lives because it rules us rather than the things of God. You know, it's good to give good grades, pero yun lang gusto mo, bigyan ng good grades, but not telling them how to love Jesus. There's something wrong. Imbalance yun. You know, I was speaking to Dr. Fidel. I asked him a question when I was invited to one of the uh, care group. He was there, he spoke, and I asked him this question. Sabi ko ba, can our family become an idolatrous substitute for God? Tinanong ko saan niya. Can our family become an idol that would compete with God? And he said, possibly. And he gave me this story. Remember this story, Abraham and Isaac? Why did God ask Abraham to sacrifice Isaac? Of all the things, why Isaac? I believe why the reason is this. Because his son, Isaac, was his greatest treasure. Or probably his greatest treasure is for him to become father of all nations. A heritage. Was Isaac has become a competition towards God? You know, in our context today, can it be our desires and wants for our family be a potential rival for our joy and loyalty and satisfaction that we can find in God? May gustong pagawa ang Panginoon sa iyo at sa inyong pamilya. 
I'm not saying that you can never have good stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. But you are so hindered because you are satisfied of just being comfortable, contented. You see, we must recognize that our ultimate goal is to find life, hope, and meaning in God. And the rest that we possess should not rule and define us. We must always remember our marriage, our kids, our families were made for God. And we are simply a steward of them. No, brothers and sisters, for us to rebuild our family, we must first devote our heart, our love to God. And when we surrender and abide to His will, our priorities will change. God will give us His heart. And we will focus in what is important to us. And we will prioritize in important things. And it leads me to the second D. Disciple. Impart His word. Notice the instruction that was prescribed in the following verses. Sabi dito in verse 7. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit and in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. Wow, ang ganda ng commandment. Sabi first, you love the Lord. Follow His commandment. Now, teach them. How? Diligently. Now, there's two descriptions I notice here and how we should do, what should be our attitude when we impart the truth of God is first is diligently. Now, if you do a Google search, ano ibig sabihin ng diligently? Kaya sabihin mo sa katabi mo, may katabi ka dyan, diligently. Diligently, he says here, actively engage to be busy with it calls us not to be passive, to be active, to be intentional in imparting God's words into their lives. Easy to understand means active ka, hindi ka, you know, relax lang, wala, oh, okay, yun lang. Active. Ako, alam mo, ito ay nakaribok sa akin, personally, active. But when I look at the deeper meaning of the diligently, it's a deeper meaning. It's shanan in Hebrew. It means to sharpen. To sharpen. It means to sharpen. It only used few times in the scripture, itong word na to, to sharpen. To sharpen like what? To sharpen like a knife. Like a blade. Now, who among you have knife at home? All of us have knife at home. Unless puro grab ka lang. We have knife, knife at home. Who among you have sharpened a knife before? We all, most of us, have sharpened our knife before. And there is pattern and dapat meron kang way na paano magsha-sharp. You must have attention paano yung angle ng pagsha-sharp mo. Hindi anyhow, ganyan, disira yan. May angle yan. May angulo ang pag-sha-sharp. O, oh, mayroon dito sa harap ko, gaganan daw. Nagluluto ng barbecue. Dapat may, at- may attention. You have a an proper angle. And that may consistency din. Hindi ka gaganang ganyan. May consistency. I did a Google, paano they sharpen the knife? The more expensive the knife, the more it has to be cared for. Hindi, hindi just anyhow done. You know, if we do it incorrectly, what will happen to the knife? It will not be sharpened. My edges, bungi-bungi. What will happen? It will damage the knife. Now, if you put this in context, you should sharpen your children. Ako, sharpen? Your family. I was imagining how to do it. You know, one way that we can really sharpen our children is first is this. We have to have, we have that attention and we have to have that, we have to pay careful attention 
of the things that we teach our children, our families, our wives. We must watch out what we feed our minds in our hearts. Are we feeding our minds with God's Word? Are we growing in the knowledge of who Jesus is? You know what Paul said to Timothy? In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 16, he says here, Keep a close watch on yourself and the teaching. Persist in this, for by so doing so, you will save both yourself and your hearer. Paul was telling Timothy, Keep watch of yourself and the teaching. Live in your teaching because it will save you. Pay careful attention of what you are feeding your mind. Pay attention. Our minds in our heart must be transformed by God's word. Or else we cannot give what we do not have. Second aspect of sharpening our children is this. There should be consistency in our private life and public life. You know, it calls us to have a consistent life. That our life in private, in our life at home, is pareho din sa life natin sa church, in our care group. You know, our life speaks volume. It's louder than our words. The worst thing that can happen is this. That our family will not believe what we teach because we see, they see a different person. Ang bait-bait sa church, pero pag sa bahay, super chismosa. Ang galing mag-worship lead pagdating sa bahay. Sinisermonan, can hold the words. You see, we need to humble ourselves before the Lord and said, God, help us. Sharpen us. We need your spirit so that we can say what Paul said to, to, to the Christian church. He said, be imitators of me as I in Christ. You see, we have to be diligent in teaching our children. Second here, I notice what was described is here is this. Take every opportunity. You shall talk to them when you sit at your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. Parang ang hirap ito gawin. You know, when I look at this verse, it's so hard to imagine to do how to do it. Because it's not something that normal, that we normally practice and do. And there's a few reasons why we don't normally practice and do. One is this, we don't make time to do it. We hardly have time. All of us have no time. But we don't make time to impart. Another reason that I think of that why we, we don't practice this, we're not taking every opportunity is this. We don't have any relationship. You know, it's hard to impart to your children when you have no relationship. Pagtatawag ka sa Pilipinas, puro, ano na naman ang ginawa mo? Ano na naman ang ginawa mo? Puro sermon. Alam mo, hindi yan, hindi yan sasagot sa'yo. Ay, at si mami tumatawag. Ay, sermon na naman yan. When you don't have relationship, you can't impart life. You can't disciple your children. Sometimes they make a mistake. Don't react. Listen. That's how you build relationship. Listen. Don't be the one who thinks everything is ikaw may sagot. Listen. What you will listen to is you will listen to their heart. The root cause why they're responding that way. Relationship. And, plus, and another reason is here why we don't take every opportunity is because we divide our life. One is spiritual, one not spiritual. We dichotomize life. We become so religious. We have forgotten to be a worshiper. The Bible says that we are to be worshiper. That our life is a living sacrifice. You know, worship is more than singing. We always emphasize this. Worship is more than singing and dancing, but it's a lifestyle with one audience that God watching us. You know, that thing that we have now, we are comfortable to talk about God when we are in church. We are comfortable when to talk about God or the Bible when we are having devotion. Normal yon, but when tapos na, we don't talk about it. 
And sometimes we miss out the term that I call SLO moment. Ang SLO is significant learning opportunities. Opportunities to impart His Word and apply His Word to our children. You see, our homes is a place that we can teach hospitality. You know, as parents, if we open our homes to other people, it will show us hospitality. That we will care for them. You know, our, our home is a place that we can teach respect. The world will not teach them respect. Our homes, our relationship, it is us who will teach our children, our loved ones, respect. Our home is the one that will teach us, us parents will teach us humility. Our home is the one that will teach our children what is servanthood. Our home is the one that will teach sharing. Our home is the place that will teach us, teach our children what is forgiveness. The world will not teach forgiveness, but it's seen in our lives. You know, a few weeks back, I was having dinner with Levi, mga siksyon. So, usap kami. So, I was talking how is school. Siyempre, ngayon, mas, mas ano na ngayon siya. Nagre-respond. I was talking to him. And then he suddenly, eh, how is your classmate? Eto, eto. Do you know he's going away na? He's going to, um, to overseas. He's no longer be your classmate. Aba, ang reaction niya ganito. I don't like him. I don't like him. Then say, why? What happened? Then he explained to me he was not chosen into his group. He wanted to be in his group. Tagana complained. He never chose me in the group. He never chose me in the Jaguar group. Then he do this to me. Then he do this to me. Then he, you know what sabi niya? Then he look at me. Papa, tell me how to, t- how to say bad word. <laughs> and I was shocked. A young kid. Learning to hate, learning to have that anger by himself. Nagtingin na kami ni Iwok sa tawa kami. Bad word. Papa, teach me how to say bad word. Because of that anger he have. You know what? Those are moments that we can use to teach and impart the ways of God. The ways of the Lord. Take time, pause. He said, you know, anak, you must know how to forgive. What is forgive? I hate him. That you should not be angry. Maybe he have bad ache, toothache that day, kaya he's like that. In part, how do you, you know our children, our family, our wife needs how you apply God's word in every opportunity that we have. It's not just simply sitting down and teaching God's Word, but applying God's Word in every occasion in our life, which is so important. You know, it is in our home that we can teach what is worship. It is in our homes that we can teach what is love. You see, the first thing we learn is to devote our heart to God. Second is to disciple. And the last thing, the last thing, that we call to do is this defend to protect our homes if you refer to verse 9 it says here you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates now the instruction of god was clear and clearly the israelite took this literally ang ginawa nila nagpuput sila ng sa pintuan ang tawag doon ay mezuzah and they would put the word, uh, the, the prescription down na verse 4, sabi doon, O hear, O Israel, our Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Naglalagay talaga sila ng marka sa mga doorposts. And this, the reason why they put this is to remind them that this home belongs to God. It reminds them that they are to honor God, that they are to worship God. This sign, this law that was placed in the doorposts, in their gates, it reminds them that, that the presence of God is there. 
Now, when I look and ponder in these two questions, these, these two places, doorposts and gates, you know, as I study, one common purpose of door and gates is protection. It is a point in our house, it's a point in our city where we welcome what is friendly, what is harmless, and also it prevents that would cause harm to our homes or family. Now, figuratively, there are many things in our homes, in our community that goes unnoticed. If we are not careful, unfiltered content from social media, from movies, or even peers can influence our heart and mind, especially our children. We must discern and we must defend our homes from the things that can corrupt our hearts. And we must not let our guards down. Because remember this, the enemy will come to steal, kill, and destroy. The enemy likes to destroy or hinder anything that gods want to rebuild. Katulad kay Nehemiah, when they were building the wall, the, the enemy keeps on attacking. So we need to protect. Song of Solomon 2.15, it says here, Catch the foxes for us, the little foxes that spoil the vineyards, for our vineyards are in blossom. The small foxes that can destroy not just the plant, but the whole vineyard, kasi nagdidig sila. Those things, is we, if it goes unnoticed, it destroys the vineyard. Now, in our life, if we go on and we don't look at what things they watch, they, what they, 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 they entertain to, the friends they are involved with, what will happen? They will influence them, and it might be too late. Again, this week when we were having meeting, office prayer and meeting, Suddenly, nagmi-meeting kami, dumating si Levi. Ito na naman. Biglang lumapit. At, alam mo, biglang kumanta. Alam mo, kinanta. Siya, pipi, 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 siya, Nagsya. Yung, you know, the commercial, the past few weeks, ayun, siya, pipi. Sabi ni Pastor Ray, mukhang nagsya-shopping ka sa Shopee, ha? I was shocked kasi, hindi naman ako si Shopee. Shopee, pee, pee, pee. I was I was shocked he suddenly just picked up that commercial and he started singing beside me if we are not careful if we are not discerning there are things that will come into our heart if we don't protect our homes. That these homes, what rules this home, what guides this home is God's word. If we are not careful, it will influence and unknowingly it will corrupt the minds in the heart of our children. The same thing, not only be watchful, discerning. There's a call for us to pray for our homes and family. Ephesians 6.12, it says here, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic power over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. You see, our enemy is like COVID. We can't see. And he will attack the mind and our heart and influence our children. And we need to pray and intercede. When Nehemiah was building the wall, there's so many attacks that's going to, to them. But what is their greatest weapon? This greatest weapon. Remember, they are limited of power. They have limited of resources. They have no, they even said they have one sword here and one panggawa ng building. But what is their source of power? What is their source of strength? What, the, what made them to able to accomplish the task, even though they're being attacked? You know what? They keep on crying out to God and trusted God. You see, God wants to rebuild our homes, and it will not be easy. There will be opposition. There will be challenges. You might have broken marriages. You might have broken families. You know what? There are times that you will face challenges, but persevere on. That's part of rebuilding. 
pray and seek God and say, Lord, this family is yours. Help me. We will face challenges. Your child may not listen to you. Their heart may be hardened, but keep on praying to God, Lord, my child's heart, you can touch. Nothing is impossible to you. You know, encouragement we can find in Ephesians is this. In context of praise, is finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Rebuilding requires us to fight and even protect our family. You see, to summarize this, if we sincerely desire to rebuild our homes, the best way to start is to renew our covenant to God. Is to renew our covenant to God. And to do so, we need to devote, remote, return to God. We need to disciple, impart His words. And we need to defend and protect our homes and community. Now, before we will end, those who are joining us in YouTube and Facebook, and those who are here, a few of us here, gagawa tayong action. Gusto mo? Tabi mo, tanong mo, gusto mo mag-action? Gawa tayong action. Devote. Follow me. Devote. Disciple. Dapat close, ha? Yung Bible kasi maliit, eh. Defend. Dapat malaki kasi family. Again, what's devote? Devote. Those who are joining us in YouTube and Facebook can join us. Disciple. Defend. If you are with your children, you can do this with us. We need to renew our covenant to the Lord. As we humbly come to the Lord and seek His help to rebuild our family, let it be our prayer that we will make a covenant to Him that we will devote, follow me, devote our heart to God, disciple and impart His word to our children, and defend and protect our homes. You know what will happen? As we devote our heart to God, as we disciple our children and defend our homes, our children will notice why you're different and why you're doing this. In the later part of chapter 6, this is what happened. Your child will ask you a question. He says, this, when your son asks you in time to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies and the statute and the rules that the Lord, our God, has commanded you? Magtatanong sila. Either magtatanong sila na bakit ang parents ko ay fake or ang parents ko iba. Bakit ka sumusunod? Why are you devoted yourself to the Lord? Why are you imparting God's word to my life? Why are you defending the things that against the world? You know what? They will ask questions. And if you read on, sabi dito, this is what you should say. Then you should say to your son, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt. And the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonder, great and grievous against Egypt and against Pharaoh and all his household before our eyes. And then continue on. And he brought us out from there that he might bring us in, a, in us in and give us the land that he swore to give our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do these statutes to fear the Lord our God for our good, for our good always, that he might preserve us alive and we are here at this day. You know, it's a story of the gospel. The story of who we are in the past. 
that we were slave into sin, that we were once wayward, that we were living in sin, but yet the Lord rescued us, loved us, He paid the ransom for our sin, and He, he kept us and called us His son, and He even gave us a, a bright and beautiful future. And our response is this, to follow His commandment. You know, when we devote, when we disciple, when we defend, it's an opportunity for us to prepare the hearts of our children, our families, a time for them to receive God's promises, the gospel. It's an opportunity for us to share the gospel story. So remember, brothers and sisters, Devote your heart to the Lord. Disciple and impart God's word to our children and protect our families. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this time that we have looked into your word. Even, Lord, as we have concluded our team of rebuilding our families. It is impossible to do it by our ability. But we thank you for your word that will help us and guide us, that will give us principles to follow. And we thank you for your spirit that will work in our lives so that your law will be written in our hearts. I pray as reflect on ourselves, as we engage in the rebuilding of our homes, in rebuilding in our relationship, in our marriages, in our relationship with our children, in our relationship with our siblings. I pray, oh God, that you will help us remove any misconception in our hearts, or other motives why we decide to rebuild, but reminds us that our aim, purpose to rebuild our family is so that they may know you. Remove any idols that would have crept into our hearts. That's the reason why many of us are, have, have no conviction to lead our homes. Because our hearts are far away from you. But Lord, I pray that you would draw us near. Tulungan niyo po kami. the same time, Lord, teach us. Give us wisdom. So that we may disciple, impart, and teach our children your word. That it would just not just be stories but our lives changing words that will just be planted in the hearts of our families. I pray, oh God, that's not just ideas, that the words that we are teaching will be seen in our lives, will be seen in the way we behave, the way we speak, so that they will see us different. Because we are living in your word. At the same time, Lord, I pray that you would protect us. That you would give us the discernment on areas, oh God, that would capture, that would try to hinder that would try to attack our homes and our families, Lord. I pray, O oh God, that you will help us. Tulungan niyo po kami. O Lord, bring us back to you. You, Lord, be the center of it all, O oh Jesus. O oh, hallelujah. Jesus, be the center of it all, O oh Lord. Draw us near to you. Draw us near to you, Lord. Be the center, Lord, of our lives, of our families. 
Hallelujah. Oh, we worship you. Just worship the Lord. Let it be our prayer. Center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. From beginning to the end, it will always be, it always be you, Jesus. Jesus, nothing else matters, oh Lord. Nothing in this world will do. In your own places, just worship Him and dedicate our lives. Jesus, you're the center. Everything revolves around you. Jesus, you are center of it all. Oh, oh God, Jesus, be the center of our lives. Jesus be the center of my lives. Jesus be the center of my life. From beginning, from beginning to the end, it will always be, it always been you, Jesus. Jesus. Nothing else matters. Let's raise our hand. Nothing in this world will do. Oh, we worship you. Jesus, you're the center. Everything revolves around you. Jesus. Jesus be the center, it's all about you, yes, it's all about you, from my heart to the heavens, Jesus be the center, it's all about you, yes, it's all about you. Lord, you see our families, Lord. You see all any struggles that we are facing. You see the brokenness and the messiness, Lord. You see, Lord, that at times we are incapable as parents. At times, Lord, we fail. But we know, God, when we put you at the center of our home, it's in our family. It is you that will help us. It is you, Lord, that we will build our families, oh God. Lord, bring our hearts back to you. Bring our hearts back to you because that's where we should start from you. By giving our hearts to you. That you may change our heart and transform our hearts. So that we will have a heart for our wives, for our husbands, for our children. That we will have that conviction to disciple our children. And impart your word. At the same time, Lord, to have that backbone to protect our homes and our communities. Salamat, Panginoon, for this day that can, we can take time to listen to your word. Help us, O oh God. Remind us of what we have promised today. That you have called us to devote our hearts to you. To disciple and impart your words. And to defend and protect our homes and families. We give you all glory. We give you all honor. This church, every families, in every marriages. 
belongs to you. Salamat Panginoon. We give you honor and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's just raise our hands and receive the benediction. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. We thank you, O Lord, for this day. Give us your spirit and may your word, Lord, lead us and guide us as we face the brand new week. Salamat Panginoon. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. In a... Salamat po for joining us in our Sunday worship service. And I pray that you would again join us next Sunday as we have our worship at this time, 12 noon. Take note, we will have our, um, we will open the church next week for 50 packs for those who are fully vaccinated to come and join us in worship. So, so bye-bye po yung aming event, right? So salamat po. Remember to devote your heart to God, to impart and disciple our children to His Word, and to protect our families in our homes. God bless everyone. See you soon.